Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome to Casing the League. I'm your host, Casey Hudson, bringing you top NHL headlines, hot topics, but most importantly, best bets throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs, heading into that Stanley Cup final, which it's very exciting to see who the potential contestants are about to be in this Stanley Cup final because we've been in for it for these conference finals. If you guys do not know me by now as Casey Hudson, you may know me as the Sports Case. Be sure to follow over at the Sports Case, K-A-S-E, or over at Casing the League, or most importantly, at Believe Network. Let's get to the casing, starting with the top headlines. If you were with us for episodes one, two, and three, we continue to chat about Kyle Dubas, but from a less dramatic standpoint, obviously. Now, he got permission to sit down and have a nice little conversation with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and shout out to all of my annoying guy friends who immediately texted me as if I didn't see this headline on my own accord, uh, saying, hey, look, we're finally going to be contenders again, and don't come at us this come season if we do get a guy like Kyle Dubas because he's going to help us stack appropriately. What does this mean? Well. If Dubas gets an opportunity to sit down with the Pittsburgh Penguins and talk about being a part of their staff, the one thing that I have mentioned in episodes one and two of Casing the League is the fact that you've got to give credit where credit is due. And it's the fact that obviously as the GM for the Maple Leafs in the past five years, he was part of the process of getting guys in the door, especially with acquiring the right guys at that trade deadline. More importantly, if there's one thing that you could say about the Toronto Maple Leafs this past season and where they made themselves a more formidable team to compete against is the fact that they stepped up their two-way players. They stepped up on their defense, and that's something that helped carry them out of that 20-year curse. So why do I mention all of this? It's because if a guy like Dubas ends up going over to the Pittsburgh Penguins, Penguins had a goal for percentage or average of 3.18 goals per game that dwindled down towards the end of the season at the halfway point of the season they were sitting at about like a 3.4 goals per game their offense was still pretty much there their offense was still striking hot they've got a trio that's been together for seasons that chemistry is undeniable the skill is undeniable but where they fell short their defense. There was too many games where defensive players were just giving up goals. Their goal for tally in comparison to their goal against tally was just way too low. And you can't win anything when you're just letting up the gas and allowing so many goals to get in between the pipes. And that's where the Pittsburgh Penguins were struggling the most. We also know that health is a huge factor for a lot of their defensemen. But still, at the end of the day, it's time for them to make the right moves to shut down their D zone so that those goals that Sidney Crosby and company are posting count for much more than just a cute goal that went in. So this will be an interesting story that uh, that unpacks itself over the next couple of days. And, you know, it could be a fit for a guy like Dubas to go over there. I've mentioned to you guys numerous times this book that I'm reading and enjoying called The Science of Hockey, if the glare would come off of it. And Dubas has mentioned this a number of times because of his analytical and number crunching abilities. So I'll keep you guys posted on Casing the League what the update is on the dubious Dubas. Now, as we continue to talk about coaches and firing and hiring and all the things going down in the turbulence in Toronto, which I did not mean for it to be so accurate three, four episodes ago, is uh, the fact that there's been some eluded statements on social media that Sheldon Keith could be the next Maple Leaf employee out the door. Uh, there's t- 
talks that that could happen in the next few weeks here. Now, let's say that when the season initially ended for the Toronto Maple Leafs, you were hearing from dedicated fans that, you know, they needed to kind of clean house. Obviously, Spezza went out the door and resigned on his own accord uh, out of loyalty to his friend Kyle Dubas. And so with the question mark remaining, will they keep Sheldon Keefe? This little number popped up today, and I'm I'm only entertaining it because, look, it's funny because if you watch the TNT guys, you can't not love Biz. I mean, you should everybody should know who Bob Bissonetti is through um, Spit and Chicklets and, and Barstool and all this other stuff. But if you don't and you're catching him on TNT, sorry, guys, I ran through rain and um a woman whose hair just driving her crazy being in her hair and her mouth, uh, being in her mouth and her face. But if you're catching him on TNT, I think that he's just a great, I mean, I think he's a good addition in many ways, but in order to grow this game, you've got to show the personality of it. Right. And I think that biz helps show the vast personality of many guys of this league NHL. If you're new to loving this sport, or if you've watched it from a surface perspective for long, one thing that you can learn is the the their personalities and the humor behind these guys it's worthwhile it's worth watching so i appreciate biz bringing that to the table on such a large platform especially such as tnt but all of that spiel to say that uh biz puts my time is now underneath this nice little odds of who the next potential coach of the toronto maple leaves could be now granted he's obviously last on the list but it's still humorous because just imagine the state that would be biz as a head coach of an nhl team you're talking about a diehard leafs fan here who took us through an emotional roller coaster of highs and lows as he thought his team was going to go all the way to the cup and um just kind of entertaining the reactions of the front office there and obviously the Tampa Bay lightning press box as well as the panthers press box but he loves the fact that there's just been so much drama and entertainment with this team so just from the entertainment and let's grow hockey perspective him as a head coach would be tremendous and I'll leave it at that on a little bit more of a serious note or the most important note probably throughout this entire episode of casing the league is um the fact that I have to take a pause in a minute and I kind of have to slap myself on the wrist too because May is almost over and obviously May is uh, illuminates a big light on mental health as it is mental health month and the bigger reason that I want to take a second to just chat about this is because I am so proud and I am so impressed and I am so motivated and inspired by the fact that like more athletes are finding more strength and being transparent and talking about mental health and talking about what they themselves have to do or the fact that even though they play such a mentally tough game, such as hockey, you know, they have to work on that mental toughness in the off season and they have to do it in a different way than you would anticipate. You know, hockey players put their bodies on the line. They walk around toothless, the injuries that they acquire, the athleticism, the sport like requires, like it makes you look at these guys and think that they're just like steel walls of no emotion sometimes. And, and, you don't really realize the mental game that goes into becoming an NHL player. First of all, the fact that there's so many different journeys and trajectories just to say that you've played in the NHL. You can take the juniors route. You can do OHL. You can do college. You can go overseas. And a lot of these decisions come at the ages of 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 at the latest if you're going to make any sort of impact in the NHL. So to make such decisions at such a young age, for a lot of these guys to be away from your families at such a young age and 
to kind of put the income of your family on your back. There's just so many different things. And uh, they've been so groomed to not talk about it or not complain about it. Or especially if you make it, you know, be happy that you made it. But now guys are starting to come out and be more transparent, be more honest and, and, and kind of taking that vulnerability and wearing it more as a crown than a crutch. So uh, say all that to say, you know, we're seeing more examples of this, but Hellebuck being one, first of all, we know that he's not a guy that wants to play in a toxic environment and that's going to unpack itself throughout the summer as we see where his future lies heading into the 2023-24 season. But more importantly, just taking the time to let everybody know like, hey, once the season's done, I got to talk about it. I got to reflect and I have to have some stillness with my support system so that I can properly be in the right headspace to take on another season. You know, 82 games is no joke. Being away from your families is no joke. Knowing that your wife is pregnant and about to pop and you might have to hop on a flight from Canada to Florida, oh, you know, in the blink of an eye is no joke. And yes, a lot of athletes and, and everyone face these circumstances, but also just, again, the different trajectories, journeys, paths that everyone takes in life, let alone hockey. Um, just know it's so much better. It's so much more important. It's important. It's so crucial to talk about these things because you never know how much that helps put your headspace in a safe space and how that just helps you process differently when you say things aloud. I know that that was a big thing that my mom's always taught me is that you have to say things aloud so that you can actually properly process it. And then you kind of realize that it's not as bad or it's not as negative or it's not as whatever it may be just by getting it out in the atmosphere. So take a look at the NHLPA as well as the NHL because they're highlighting different players who are talking about how they manage their mental toughness or their mental health and their mental preparation. And another guy that kind of sits on the scope of all of this, someone very transparent about all this stuff is Tampa Bay Lightning's Nick Paul. He started a new charity throughout the season um, to honor his late friend. Um, and you can look up Nick Paul and find out more information about it. But he had a friend that he speaks very openly about that passed away from suicide and obviously a big role in suicide is mental health. So just hearing these guys' stories, the biggest takeaway is just knowing you're not alone. And it doesn't matter what spectrum you're on or what level of, you know, athleticism or what your job may be, what your occupation may be, if you're still trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, whatever it may be, find the support system, talk about it and know that it is okay. It is cool, it is important, and it is the most important thing that you will ever do is to talk about what's going on in your mind and not keeping it to yourself and thinking that those struggles are burdens to anybody because they're not. Moving out from that and just to a different note and a more positive note, um, USA Hockey, the men's worlds are tearing it up over in Finland, uh, remaining undefeated racking up points like it's not a big deal and of course I, as somebody who closely covers the Tampa Bay Lightning got to give a shout out to Mike Yacimont and Nick Perbix who are doing so well over there as well I'm so glad they decided to play over there and then if you guys didn't catch it over the weekend William Nylander is not going to be joining the Swedish team and playing for a number of reasons but also he didn't want to take a spot away from his brother Alex so gotta love the the love respect and admiration and look he deserves some respect even though you get a different vibe when you play world's hockey and you get to hone different skill sets and try out different things that you get to bring to your roster come the next year. But yeah, Nylander not joining Sweden, USA crushing it over there and remaining undefeated. And speaking of undefeated accolades and things to be proud of, that just takes us right on in to the Eastern Conference final best bets. Now, if you are new to join me here on Casing the League, this is the fun part. On Casing the League, I will give two 
scenarios on where teams edge out the other team. Number one, number two, we'll head into best bets, always starting with our point gods, then our anytime scores, then we'll switch anywhere from block shots to assists to goaltending, whatever I'm feeling that day. Who knows my vibe? All of this to say that when we get into the betting conversation, you have three options. You can cash the bet. That means you like it, you agree, we're riding the same vibe, riding the same wave, all the things. And we agree. It's a worthy bet. Cases. You need to spend a little more time with it. You need to think about it, Google it, ponder on it, phone a friend, whatever the case may be. You need to do some more investigating. Cut it. We're not vibing with it. We're going to ditch that. Cut it out. No thank you. Pass on that. Never talk about it again. Totally fine. That's the beautiful thing about gambling or the beautiful thing about betting is that you get numbers and it's up to you to decide where your vibe is. Now, as for those comparisons that I was talking about, first thing to keep in mind is now the Panthers are heading back home. And I'll let you know, it is storming in Florida. Uh, but they're heading back home to host the Carolina Hurricanes. And at home during this playoff series, they're actually two and three. So their most progressive, their most intense, aggressive, worthy play has been taking place on the road. Their road record, I believe, is eight and one. So to think that the script kind of flips a little bit when they get to home ice is odd for me. But I think of the team that hosted the NHL All-Star Weekend and then took off and had a stellar on home ice performance for weeks on end after that. So I'm hoping that that's how things kind of translate here now that they are in like the second or you know, one round away from playing in the Stanley Cup final. So even though the Cats are two and three at home or at home, then you've got the Carolina Hurricanes who are three and one on the road. And something else to keep in mind when it comes to comparing these records is the fact that the Carolina Hurricanes have indeed given up two leads and both of these coming in game one and in game two. Now, keeping that in mind, they're four and two when leading after the first period, but they are five and zero oh when leading after the second period. And why is the second period going to be so crucial? Well, for a number of reasons. The Carolina Hurricanes pick up their most shots. Their highest shot volume percentage comes in the first and second period. Their most shots throughout playoffs are now sitting at a total of 141 in the first period as well as the second period. Yeah. That's a lot of shots, which is not surprising because they outshoot their opponent seven to three. But as we continue to talk about this stronger period conversation and the fact that they load up on shots through the first two periods, you've got the Cats or the Florida Panthers more respectfully that uh, actually pick up their most shots in the first period at a total of 148 shots. Now, both of these teams have picked up majority of their goals throughout playoffs in the second period. For the Hurricanes, it's 20 goals that they have racked up in the second. For the Panthers, it's 16 goals that they have racked up in the second. We've seen a lot of the comebacks taking place in that second period. The Carolina Hurricanes fighting for their first win to stay in this series and to still hold on to those hopes of heading into the Stanley Cup final. And after giving up a lead in back-to-back -back games, we can expect a stronger more intense team. Now, that's the easiest thing to say when you watch these games. That's the most obvious thing to say, right? But for a team who was quite, who were producing quite well on five on five, they just haven't been able to find that structure and that consistency in their even strength play at all this series. And if you guys caught episode one of Casing the League, the one thing that I did say that would make the Panthers stand out and potentially push them into that next round is the fact that they have this way of just outworking their opponent without seeming tiresome. 
I'm not saying that these guys aren't exhausted. They went into four overtimes in game one. But I'm saying the Florida Panthers just have a way to seem like they have an extra motor to them. And, yes, they've been outplaying, outworking, and tirelessly, relentlessly going at it with their opponent. There's no counting them out. Even if they're down two goals, their comeback record has been tremendous. So keeping this in mind, knowing the knowing that the Carolina Hurricanes are in desperate need of a win, we're going to see the tone set tremendously in that second period. Carolina has had strong first periods about at least, you know, quality open or an open quality opening, excuse me, guys, in that first game. Uh, That second game, I would say that the Panthers probably, they went half and half with that first period as to who was the strongest team. And so that's why it comes down to that second period, because regardless of Carolina opening the scoring and getting on the board first, it's if they can maintain that lead and continue to score. Now, the last time that they played in South Florida versus the Panthers, they racked up six goals. And yeah, it was first, it was versus Robowski. Now we know playoffs is a completely different conversation and you just see a different gear out of these guys, but knowing that they have familiarity with this ice, knowing that they have familiarity with picking up the points that they need, we can count on them to, you know, force their structure a little bit more. The other thing is that we didn't know how much of a factor special teams was going to be between these two teams. Cause for one power play is not the best thing for the Carolina hurricanes, even though in game one, that's where they picked up their goals, but their penalty kill is the strongest and it's going to have to be extra strong now that they're going to be in South Florida because the Panthers power play actually succeeds and is way more efficient on home ice. They set it at 33.3% on the power play on home ice. So hopefully this doesn't go into a lot of penalty situations, but if it does and it's the Canes going to the box, um, that penalty kill unit is going to have to continue to come up strong. Both teams have only allowed two shorthanded goals. So you're not really looking at picking up too many goals that way either. So all the things to keep in mind as we head into the best bets, which I mentioned, will always start with our point gods. Now, this is a guy who's picked up a point in each game. Sam Bennett, I mean, you can rave about the, about his contribution to this Panthers roster in a number of ways. It's the way that he can draw over a defense and open up his teammates and help get off the perfect pass. And that's something that they're going to have to do now that we know that Carolina is going to want to have to up the ante and step up more aggressively. They were the strongest defensive team in the NHL throughout the season. And they're going to have to come back and show that they can do that again. They've done pretty well. I mean, obviously a lot of props have to go to Sergei Brabowski in the way that he's just shut down the opponent, but it also comes down to the fact that Carolina's defense Um, they can play in better form. They can play in a better five-on-five structure, and they're going to have to implement all of that tonight. Um, I'm not saying it's do or die, but it's going to become do or die as we've seen what the Panthers can do once they get a three-game lead. You're not far from securing your stamp, your ticket to the next round. So Sam Bennett taken for just over half a point at a minus 130. Again, he's picked up a point in the last two games, and look, he's probably due for a couple goals himself as well. Then moving on to somebody else. You guys know how high I am on this guy for a number of reasons. I mentioned the fact that because the Panthers have this insufferable way of forechecking sometimes that they can isolate guys like Ajo and Natchez and Martinook. I mean, I thought Martinook was going to pick up a load of assists at this point, his passing to the slot I raved about in, in episode one. It's just 
the Panthers have been able to kind of remove the, their top their top six guys. And so while the Hurricanes have had other people step up, next man up mentality and everything like that, it's still concerning. All that to say that Kakeniemi is one of the guys that we saw show up versus the Devils when there was moments where the Devils were able to slow down slightly, very slightly, slow down Ajo, Natchez, Martinook, and so on and so forth. So I'm counting on Kakeniemi to pick up over, Kakeniemi, excuse me, to pick up over half a point at a plus 130 here, uh, not only because of, you know, what he did when he realized, hey, the rest of us need to step up tremendously versus the devils, but also look at what he did in game one. Like, I still think that that was so sick that he was sliding on his knees and got the perfect pass off to his teammate so that he can get on the board. I think that a lot of these guys were too silent in game two. They probably even surprised themselves. You only had like three guys have more than three shots on goal, which is kind of rare for this team that again, outshoots their opponent seven to three and typically has a more high shot volume from their top six guys. So caught Kenny Emmy, take him for uh, over half a point at a plus 130. And now for our guys that are going to score, this may seem so basic after obviously the first two games, he did pick up the two overtime goals to secure the deal for his team. He has the best celebration that we've seen out there by just walking off the ice. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, you love him, you hate him, you have to love him even if you hate him. I don't know. Either way, while this may seem a little too obvious to pick this bet here, it, it's at a good value of a 130. But the thing is, is that regardless of the overtime goals that he's picked up, he's had a lot of quality scoring chances, um, especially in game two. So. It's somebody that I can just see continuing to pick up on his point streak. I think he closed out game two sitting at 16 points in the league. But either way, he's a top five guy with playoff points right now and a big leader on this team. He's the guy that told his team they were going to a game seven in round one. He's a guy who just continues to keep his team motivated. And the, the grind never stops with him. He's so relentless. So in a big game at home, we know that Matthew Kachuk also has – stellar statistics when it comes to being at home and if he feels like he's not playing up to par or up to standard that's when he really takes off the most I leave you with the example of week one after all-star weekend when the guy was just tallying like a hat trick and seven goals and all kinds of crazy statistics on home ice Matthew Kachuk loves playing at home loves playing in front of his fans and his dad who apparently is Johnny Drama who's been waiting in South Florida for the Panthers to return. So a number of reasons for Kachuk to even amplify his game and take it to a whole nother level tonight. Now, another bit of a surprise here for my anytime scorers, it's going to be boss anytime goal at a plus 360 for the Carolina Hurricanes. Why this? Well, the last time that these guys got on the board versus the Car versus the Panthers versus Borowski on Panthers territory, it was, I think, April 13th, and they won 6-4 to four versus the Panthers, and Foss was one of the guys that picked up a goal. But also, he's more so, I think that he just has this ability to kind of be a, a slow burn. You know, he comes in and starts picking up statistically once he gets acclimated after a couple of games of feeling out an opponent or, you know, a couple games on the road. That's where you really start to see Foss come to life. And as I said, we're just kind of seeing this rotation of next men up for the Carolina Hurricanes to see who's going to get on the scoreboard. So picking up some points has been helpful. Foss has been a little too silent, and we know that he's somebody that's going to have to break through eventually. Why not do it in the last plate, or why not do it on Panthers home ice where you picked up a goal once, you know how to do so again. You've had two games to evaluate your opponent and kind of see how to work around them, how to use your speed, how to work in tight corners, how to work them against the boards. Foss, the Hurricanes need you, and I need you to pick up an anytime goal tonight. Now, no block shots. 
look, these games have continued to just go into overtimes after overtimes after overtime. Um, so statistically, it's kind of playing with the shots on goal as well as the block shots because now we're having extended amounts of hockey. I don't love making bets off of those situations, so we're just going to cap it at Bobcat. Sergey Bobcat Borowski. I think it's stupid not to call him Bobcat. He plays for the Panthers. Last name's Borowski. You may think this is stupid, whatever. Uh, Bobcat over 30 and a half saves at a minus 120. Again, Carolina's going to come out to winking. And I think they had 37 shots on goal last game with the one overtime. Of course, they had ridiculous. He had 50 plus, 60 plus saves in game one in those four overtimes. And right now he sits at 150 saves through 155 goals against yeah he's locked in and his vision is ridiculous right now and sometimes you just see these goaltenders never tire they just continue to build off of these performances and hopefully we're not looking at another overtime tonight we're looking at a successful swing in the second period or a tilt in one team or the other's favor no major comeback in the third period and let's see if the carolina hurricanes can put themselves in the series tonight either way they will be posting well over 30 shots on goal I'm banking on it, and I think Bob will pull off over 30 and a half saves at that minus 120. So let me know you guys' thoughts on these five best bets heading into the Eastern Conference final game three down in South Florida, rainy South Florida. So do the storms play in favor of the hurricanes now trumping into Florida territory? We'll find out. Once the puck drops this evening, let me know over at Twitter or wherever your favorite social media platform is. It'll be on Twitter, TikTok, as well as Instagram. But will you be cashing certain bets? Will you be casing other bets? And will you be cutting other bets? Let me know what your favorite bets are or which bets, you know, you need to spend more time with, think about it, or what you're not banking on whatsoever. Uh, as I mentioned, guys, I love chatting with you over on Twitter. So you can follow me and talk with me over here on at the sports case or casing the league. The show has its own Instagram as well. Be sure to follow both of those accounts as well as believe network. Are you cashing it? Are you casing it? Are you cutting it? Let me know. And we will be back with top headlines tomorrow and previewing a very exciting game three for the Western Conference final because I can talk about Jonathan Marchessault all, all day long. And he finally picked up a goal this weekend, the one day that we didn't do an episode, but so what? So excited to dive into that with you guys tomorrow. Once again, be sure to follow everything. Check us over on Believe Network. Thank you so much for joining me here on Casing the League. And until next time, guys, have a great evening and enjoy Eastern Conference Final Game 3.